Welcome to the Homegrown Podcast, a place where we share the truth about food and farming from our kitchen to yours. I'm your host, Liz Hazelmeyer, along with my husband, Joey. Good afternoon. And together we hope to educate, inspire, and equip you in your pursuit of true nourishment. Today we are joined with Tiffany and Jorge, the founders of Flor de la Jara. Flor de la Jara is a premium extra virgin olive oil crafted with love using traditional methods passed down through three generations in the mighty La Jara region of Spain. I am so excited to dive into this topic. Tiffany and Jorge, welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. you Thank you so much for having us. Now, I want to kick things off. I want to ask a few questions around the history of Flor de la Jara because we even kind of touched, before we pressed record, we touched on a few of these things. And so I want to break it down for people so they truly, truly understand. Um, Tiffany and Jorge, you guys founded the business. But give me give me the backstory, the inner workings of how you got to where you are today with this olive oil company called Flor de la Jara. Well, basically, uh, my great grandfather was the one who started planting the first trees. So basically, some of the trees are centennial. Then pass it to my grandfather. My grandfather passed away. Pass it to my dad. So my dad is actually the one who is currently taking care of the trees. Yeah giving them a lot of TLC. <laughs> you cannot imagine. He's whispering them. He's treating them like, oh my God. Yeah. Like a, he's just crazy about them. Those are basically an extension of his, those are his kids. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. And so then walk us through, um, how long has Flor de la Jara been in operation and where are you guys currently available in the, in the States or worldwide? Sure. So, We've, Florida Bajara is about, just about, we started last year, um, and we're available, usually, we pretty much do direct-to-consumer, so people um, see us on our website, also we do kind of like small markets in New York, because that's where we're based currently, um, in in New York City, Mm -hmm. and so we'll do markets around the city, and so you can buy from us there, and also meet us, and then there are two um, small shops in Brooklyn as well. Um, like gourmet supermarkets that carry mm. that carry Florida La Jara. Cool. Now, are you guys that. selling in Spain as well, right? Because that's where the orchard or the grove, grove, grove or orchard. <laughs> that's where the that's where the trees are, right? Is in Spain. Do you guys sell the olive oil there as well? Yeah, we do. We do. We do. And um, basically, that's one of the one of the points that we brought us to bring it here because mm. we realize, especially me, that I was like a when I put my feet in this country, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find a really good olive oil. And I mm. said to myself, to Tiffany, why don't yeah. we bring the, the olive oil of our family to, to this country and and bring the joy to everybody and serve the joy to everybody? Because mm. I was like a, a little bit like sad and like to not be able to find a, a good quality olive oil. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the, the reason why we decided to start commercializing in, in the States. Mm. Mm, I love that. So now you guys started in the states, right? The commercialized side in the states is is just over a year old. Is that is that correct? That is yeah. correct. Uh-huh. And then to continue this kind of tie a bow on it, the grove where the olive oil is grown, and I'm guessing produced or 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 refined or everything, everything done. Everything is done in Spain. So the olives are there. We harvest there. We bottle there. Um, I always say it's kind of like you came with us to Spain and we gave you a bottle right there in oh, the, house, awesome. the trees. So it's basically as if you were there. Cool. And we just brought it here. <laughs> and it's that operation that, Jorge, your great-grandfather? 
Mm-hmm. started and that's that's what's been going on for generations so, mm-hmm. so just so that this makes sense it's it's a it's a generational operation that right that tiffany and jorge founded in the states and so mm-hmm. they brought this business to the united states um it was already in the family line yes and um that's so cool okay love that and so talk to me about so let's talk about the trees that, that kind of give me give me like the kind of olive oil 101 right mm-hmm. so how are we how are we growing it and then how are we producing it well basically uh, we have like three kinds of trees three mm-hmm. kinds of varieties of olives mm-hmm. basically they are around they record like a hundred kinds of variety but we have only three mm-hmm. in our orchard in our group mm-hmm. basically we are taking care of them during the whole entire process so we start like uh, sometimes you have to cut them a bit to de- let them grow in certain way uh, for reaching better the, the branches and to get the olives and to, to grow them much better. Mm. So we don't use any chemical or any, basically we don't use nothing. Just like the, the, mother, the mother earth is producing everything for us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with the weather, Sometimes you can produce more, sometimes you can produce less. That's the only thing that is like a, it's a bit conditional. For instance, this time, the last harvest was not really good in two of the varieties, so we can present only one of the varieties. Mm-hmm. But now with the new harvest, it was raining quite a lot, and we are going to be blessed with a, with a very good harvest this time. So we are going to have available the three varieties, right. which is Arbequina, Piqual, and Corregal. Yeah. Mm. So talk to me about the different varieties of olives. So like in the States and and my understanding of olive is very like, you know, commercialized grocery store, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, totally, you know, maybe offend you, but correct me and help me bring me over to the to the to the light side. I'm looking at I'm thinking of like Kalamata, I'm thinking of, you know, um, you know, green olives. I'm thinking of like these are the olives that I'm aware of. Now, is that the kind of varieties we're talking about for olive oil, or is there specific olives that I've never seen in a grocery store that we're using mm. for olive oil? Well, uh, there is kind of like a, as, as as the apples or grapes or whatever. There are certain varieties that are for just for like we call it like um, olive table olives that is just mm. for enjoying. And there is specifically some varieties like manzanilla that is basically more for enjoying uh, eating and other other ones are more for producing olive oil are more mm. specific for producing olive oil yeah. so i liken it to kind of like wine right mm-hmm. so like you have grapes that you use for your table and then you have grapes that you use to make wine and right each, totally. and there are different types of grapes that give you different types of wines with different flavor profiles and all of that stuff so it's really really similar in that regard mm-hmm. totally makes sense what is the deal with the olive oil market in the United States. Why do we have such a hard time having high quality olive oil? And what is something that you guys wish consumers understood about the growing process in the as it like relates to what ends up in the bottle? That's a $1 million question. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel, I feel that uh, it's basically that uh, the, the olive oil market is in the hands of multinationals, that they are yeah. trying to maximize the profit without taking care of the quality, let's put mm-hmm. it this way, because there are many ways to produce olive oil. So what everybody call like first cold press, first mm-hmm. first cold press, because you can press it several times, right. but the result is not the same. So, and 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so imagine that uh, that uh, for the second time that you press it, you might not need only like pressure. You might need something else, and this is what is coming the difference between some oil, between the olive oils. Yeah. Because if you extract it the second time, you press it the second time, you might need temperature and you might need some chemicals to mm. extract it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's very important. So, so it's olive oil. Technically, yes, but if you use temperature and use chemical, you are killing the nutrients and you're killing yeah. the, meta- the vitamins, the, the polyphenols, the polyphenols and everything. So what's the purpose to use olive oil if you are basically... it. Yeah, exactly. And then also um, kind of like in terms of maximizing profits, right? Like you heard us say last harvest, we couldn't sell to the varieties because they didn't have a large harvest, right? Mm-hmm. We, we didn't have a large harvest for the Arbequina and Cornacabra this year. Like we said, fortunately we do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, you know, if you're a big multinational corporation, you probably are like, well, I have to get it out no matter what, right? So that means, okay, maybe I might not have some, but I might've had some from last harvest, or I might have some from another country that I can kind of mix everything in together and then sell the product as olive oil, which is absolutely not the same as being able to say, okay, this oil that I'm eating that I'm using is from this harvest, from this year, even down to this tree, you know, wow. it's, it's a totally different right. experience. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to circle back really quick on this. When I, I'm going to expose my stupidity. I'm going to be really honest. When I read first cold pressed on a, on a bottle of olive oil, I thought that that company was the first one to cold press <laughs> the olives. I'm not even joking. So, and then I would read it on another brand and I'd be like, well, wait a minute. Why are they claiming that they're the first person to cold press it? Now I understand. So you're saying that by telling me that the first level of processing is cold pressing, that doesn't necessarily tell me anything about the extraction after that. Is that right? After after you press it one time without using temperature or using anything, just like uh-huh. me- mechanically pressing. Uh-huh. The residue is the residue of it. The leftover can be used in another facility, in another factory. In another factory, they get it. Mm-hmm. And then what they are doing is like, like putting temperature, putting some chemicals to extract the last drop of it. Mm-hmm. But when they are using temperature and chemical, they are destroying the the main the main things of the olive oil. Mm. Right. The so polyphenols, so the vitamins, and then... So sometimes you'll see, like you said, you'll see first cold pressed, right? Extra virgin olive oil. And sometimes you'll just see extra virgin olive oil, right? Yes. And so technically what he described in terms of the latter processes, those that's still extra virgin olive oil technically, right? But it's not first cold pressed. It's not first. It's not It's not cold pressed. It's like he said, used from and, extracted in other, other ways. And also there's a lot of, let's see, funny games in this industry. Mm-hmm. So that people are just basically perhaps buying some a good good olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, first cold press, and they mix it that too. to reduce the price. Or they are getting from different locations. Sometimes you go to a supermarket, take a look in the back label, and you will see the, the origin of the olive oil. You can see like a, how can it be? Spain, Portugal, Italy, Morocco, Tunisia, Argentina, Australia. I said, <laughs> what are they doing? So probably taking the leftovers from all harvest, yeah. Putting all together, in one time, it was perhaps extra virgin olive oil cold pressed. But uh, if you take it from three, four seasons ago, 
it's not as fresh as it's supposed to be. Mm. And you mix it with some other uh, olive oil from another country that the regulations might not be the same. Mm-hmm. They might use certain things that we might not use. And and the result is something that I, I, I don't call uh, really extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. There's so much... Um similarity between olive oil and I feel like coffee and as as you mentioned earlier Tiffany wine too like I'm thinking like single origin coffee you know that that coffee came from one farmer one crop you know it's traceable you know what I mean and with olive oil I think everyone just wants to know if they are going to be spending um, a decent amount of money on a bottle of olive oil they want to know that it's good for you I think a lot of people are um, swayed by maybe labels that don't even indicate high quality, but it's just a familiar label. So for example, you might see organic olive oil at the store and think like, oh, that's what I want to get and I'm going to pay a premium. Uh-huh. But then you flip it over and you see it's from like five different countries of origin and you're like, right. well, this isn't lo- this isn't my single origin, right? right. So right. talk to us about how that, how you guys in the industry view some of that because you said you don't use chemicals you let mother nature do her thing and when you have a lesser crop you have a lesser crop what is it like in the industry what's the temperature read on these different certifications like organic or um, other ways of processing like how can we educate consumers on on these various labels so as everything with the food the source is the most important part Mm. to trust your source Mm -hmm. so uh to get it from the first, I mean, for the for the same place and get it from the same origin and, and get it from the same variety. Some people blend it. It doesn't mean that you cannot blend two kinds of varieties because mm-hmm. some, sometimes you can see Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, mm-hmm. or you can see right. combinations. So a blend, a blend of two varieties is not, is not a problem. But then the trustability, if you use two different origins, is totally, absolutely lost. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure it's only from coming from one origin. That's, yeah, and and to know the source, and and kind of like exactly how you asked, right? You'll see like a, I mean, sometimes the word organic can be it's very catchy, right? It's very it's a catchphrase. Can, but but you yourself said, how can it be organic if I see it from this person, that person, this place, and that place, right? I'm sure technically somehow by some definition it is organic, but is that the same of what you in your mind think of somebody going to their farm, to their orchard, to whatever, picking those olives or and producing that crop, and it's not the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that kind of just exactly like what you said, just kind of think about it and say, hmm, could this possibly really be what I think it is or what I want? Mm-hmm. As a consumer, sometimes I see the label organic just mean free from synthetic inputs, right? Mm-hmm. And would that be true in the olive oil industry? Like if I'm buying organic olive oil, it's would I could I assume no matter regardless of what origins it's from, that it's free of synthetic inputs? Oof. I don't really, I don't really, I don't really trust that. I don't really, okay. No, I don't. Right on. No. And so the, that that's an amazing answer. So, so I think that's, that's, that's good enough as it is. Now, also though, if we look at the, you know, olive oil itself, we talked about another major like factor here that I haven't talked about before, or at least haven't thought of. And that's that if we're buying olive oil, that's treated in some way, whether it's organic or not, there's still this ability to lose some of the nutritional value that can come with that. So let's talk about what this nutritional value that, that we can find with an olive oil looks like. Mm-hmm. 
So for for olive oil is full of like antioxidants, right? Um, and so they're most represented by the polyphenols, right? And so if you taste a really, you know, good olive oil, you should be able to taste like a little bit of a peppery mm. or sensation, have that sensation in kind of like the back of your palate. Um, so that could be just you could so from that alone you can tell okay well this olive oil is fresh right because that means that those polyphenols haven't degraded in addition to whatever vitamins and everything because you can imagine all of the nutrients we put in in the olive oil at the same time right so if I can taste those polyphenols in the back of my throat then I know that this is a fresh um, this is a fresh and wholesome product essentially so you have to smell it I mean the, the, right. the olive oil has a, has a taste and it has a smell sometimes I hear people saying. Oh, I love this olive oil because it's so smooth. That doesn't have any taste. Doesn't has any taste. So the olive oil is supposed to have a taste, and and it's supposed to have a smell. Right. So you have to smell it. You have to taste it. You have to to see the fresh. Uh, when you try Flor de la Jara, you will feel that. Uh, oh my gosh, it's like a you just squeeze it and put it in a bottle, and you can you can you can smell it. You can. Uh, some people when when try olive oil like from from Flor de la Jara, they say like a. Oh my gosh! I feel that I never try a, right. a, a decent good olive oil because I never see all the nuance and all the all the flavors in your mouth like this and and, and the smell as well. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. like uh, again we are talking about the olive are fruits, so it's just basically to make use from from right. from the olives. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. I um, am curious about well, one when you guys process your olives. Mm -hmm. Are you using any heat at all, or is it all cold oh. and pressure? Cold and pressure. That's, That's it. it. Okay. That's it. Mm -hmm. How many rounds of pressure does an olive have to go – like how many rounds of pressing, I should say, does it have to go through to extract extra virgin olive oil? Well, uh, technically, what you are doing is pressing, and you are like a maxillator, like a, you are removing, 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 removing. All the all the mass that you are producing after pressing, mm -hmm. and then it's like that. So it's not like a, you press it continually, pressing, pressing, oh, okay. pressing, pressing. So you press it and basically uh, crush all the olives, and you make it. So okay. it's like one time they're they're pressing it out one time. That's a kind of that first time. press kind only of idea time. comes from, I think, too. Continuous. Only one time. Mm -hmm. Continuous process, and then is there a way to preserve its freshness? by the bottling like or should we be looking for dark bottles light colored gl like glass i see olive oil on plastic tell me all the things about how to preserve your olive oil integrity right this is very important yeah. because um the light is a killer for the olive oil mm. so sometimes i see uh, a lot of glass crystal like light bottles Clear, i say oh my yeah. gosh it's just like a they're killing the olive oil so Immediately after pressing the olive oil and producing the olive oil, we put in like a special containers that they are not really, they're totally, they don't see the light, basically. <laughs> the olive oil doesn't see the light during the whole entire process. And mm -hmm. then we bottle and with the, the tubes that we put, they don't see the light at all. So it's very important to protect it from the light. So that's why the people say, ah, they are, you guys are so fancy. It's like a, a dark glass bottle. It's, it's cool. And I said, but it's, it has a purpose. All right. Also, glass, white glass. I see plenty of people bottling and, and, and very, very, very famous brands in the States. Like they're using plastic bottles. And I say, oh my goodness, Grace, how they can use 
It's like to use a, to get a good whiskey and, and bottle in a in a plastic bottle. Right. Mm-hmm. I said, really? So how you can do that? But it's not only about also looking good or not. Also, because when you put the olive oil inside of a plastic bottle, it gets mixed with the compounds of the of the of the plastic, and it's affecting the the, the flavor, mm. the quality, and you are getting some like a stuff chemical stuff to your body. Right. So definitely, I would say avoid anything in plastic and light and light plastic. So totally yeah. avoid it yeah. because it's totally oxidated. The, the olive oil is getting oxidated with the light and with the temperature. Yeah. And yes, mm-hmm. definitely also just don't want to put it anywhere near any type of heat source or heat, right? Because it's the same idea of like um, the nutrients just being denatured, just kind of going down in, because they're being heated up. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are the proper uses of a proper olive oil? So we're avoiding heat, we're avoiding light, right? So we've got that, kind of got that nailed down. Now now I'm ready to use it. Is, mm-hmm. is Am I allowed to cook with it? Yes, you are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you have to be careful of the smoking point. Mm. So there are central temperatures that, I mean, the best way to, to, to use the olive oil is a roll. Mm-hmm. In salads or just get a piece of nice bread and, and you know, dip into it, something like that. This is the best, the, 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 the best way to do it. But, you can use like a small, a small cooking thing like a saute or you know like a, it's not very intrusive. What you cannot do is deep fry. Deep fry is mm-hmm. like destroying yeah. the yeah. the this olive oil and any or yeah. basically any kind of oil when you mm-hmm. overpass the smoking point. Mm-hmm. What is the smoking point of olive oil? Different varieties has different different smoking points. For okay. instance. Uh, one of the, the varieties that we have, Cornicabra, Cornicabra is the one that has, together with the Piqual, the, the highest smoking point. Arbequina is a very fruity, it's not that low in polyphenols. It's like the people might take it like it's lighter, but the smoking point is lower. So, mm. yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. So definitely can cook with it. And maybe you're talking about like a saute, like maybe a little bit of vegetables in a pan. Yep. And it's just, you're, you're, you're right. sauteing them up quickly and you're, and you're pulling them out, but yeah. we're definitely not filling a pot and bringing it up to 350 degrees and That's putting right. our, our donuts in it to fry them. Right. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not that I would do that, but I think that's, that's kind of what we're getting at right here. That's the experience. <laughs> Got it. Right on. So, yeah. uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, there is a misconception that you, um, Jorge, was saying that that um, you can't use olive oil for for cooking, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. and it's very versatile. You can use it for for anything, pretty much, like we said, besides deep frying. But I mean, you can make it. You can use it to make your favorite dishes, whatever they are. Um, you can. It, it's very very versatile. Yeah. Right on. I yeah, that. and think about it. Is is the is the core? Is the secret of the Mediterranean diet? Yeah, it's a secret. Why in the Mediterranean uh, area the spe- the life expectancy is so high, mm-hmm. and why in the states we have such a kind of low life expectancy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the secrets of the Mediterranean diet is precisely, of course, a part of that we are taking like a very balanced diet between mm-hmm. veggies, uh, fish, meat, or whatever, is because we are using olive oil mm-hmm. and. Honestly, we are cooking everything. everything. The only thing that we don't do is deep fry. Other than that, there is no other oil that you can use better for cooking than olive oil because all the oils has same point. If you overpass the smoking point, it's not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about how some seed oils 
and things that might replace olive oil, especially in America, right? How mm-hmm. these things can cause inflammation. Yeah. And <clears throat> my understanding of antioxidants is that they could be potentially anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, is that's that true? Right. That no, no, true. That, that, that's a fact. That's, that's anti-oxidation. Fact. Yes. And so if we're yep. keeping antioxidation, here you that's go. There. So if we're that's keeping the integrity of olive oil, not only is it a neutral, not, it's not just neutral, it's beneficial. Mm-hmm. So that's if you're switching right. from a canola oil or a, you know, XYZ other seed oil. Oh gosh, just even the bottle labeled vegetable oil, just right. throw it in the garbage. So if you're switching right. from that to a proper, because again, um, I think something that a point that needs to be made here is that if it's, if, if, if even a proper op- olive oil has oxidized, like if, if it's been mistreated, mm-hmm. that now is capable of inflammation. Is that mm, correct? Yeah. No, if it's oxidated, it's going to be something that uh, it's not going to help you. It's not going to harm you, but uh, right. it's not going to give you any benefit. So what's the purpose mm. of a, a good quality olive oil if it's not going to give you any benefit? Got it. Okay. Why pay wise for that? Or, or, or healthy-wise. It's like a, olive oil is very good for, for the heart. It's a hair-friendly hair friendly oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's helping you with plenty of stuff, with your hair, with your skin, with the... It's anti-aging somehow, <laughs> mm-hmm. antioxidant, anti- anti-inflammatory as well. While all those oils that you have mentioned before, they are precisely provoking inflammation, and it's also bad digestions. Like uh, it's really difficult to digest when you uh, sometimes when you go to a restaurant, you feel it that oh my god, what kind of oil they, they were using, or mm. you go outside mm-hmm. to to eat very often. Sometimes your stomach, you feel like you know, yeah, it's good it's for heavy. controlling the level of cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So it's helping so, the good cholesterol to increase and the bad cholesterol to go down. Mm-hmm. So what I'm learning is seed oils, inf- inflammatory. We've talked about this a number of times. Olive oil, uh, anti, right? It will right. actually benefit you. There, there are things that not only will it be not, in, you know, inflaming and causing, you know, um, agitation in your body, your gut, whatever else, but it could be beneficial to that. So it's like it, it could be healing for that. Mm-hmm. But if you were to really blow it with olive oil. It just kind of becomes a neutralized thing. We don't want to do that, but right. I think there's some some security in the sense of like you shouldn't you shouldn't take an olive like this and have fear of like what did I just do to this? Is it going to be harmful to me now? Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of what I was getting at. Right. And, yeah. um, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, because one of the things also is that you know long long time ago, right? Olive oil was used as a preservative, right? So it wasn't. It's it's it can stand the test of time, right? Obviously, the same thing. If you use it um, in the beginning and it's fresh, you have all of the goodies in it, and at the end you don't, you know, after years and years and years. But it does; it also doesn't is not harmful, like you said, because why? It was it was used as a preservative, right? And so their food, people's food, didn't go bad when they had mm. it. So. What is the average shelf life of a high quality olive oil in terms of like getting the most benefit? How long should we be keeping those bottles of olive oil? So between the bottle. Um, we call it because again, she, she mentioned it very well. It doesn't expire, so mm-hmm. technically, you can drink olive oil for even four years or mm-hmm. five. It's not, it's, it's not expiring. However, the, the range of time that you, you should use between the bottle and one year, one year and a half. Okay, and yeah. definitely, I would recommend 1.5 years, one year and a half maximum to get all okay. the. If it's well preserved in a good bottle and, yeah. and, and you keep it in, a, in good conditions. Mm-hmm. But definitely, yeah, sometimes I see that the people put like four years, five years, right. three years. I say, I mean, 
Again, technically it's not expiring and, and they are allowed to put like a expiration day, whatever, because it's not getting expired, but uh, you are not getting the most of it if, if you are doing basically after one year and a half, one year, mm -hmm. one year and a half, depends on the variety. Again, some of them, they have longer shelf life and other shorter. Again, it reminds me of coffee because it's like you can go to the grocery store and buy coffee that was roasted six months ago mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, you probably have no idea that roast date. You don't mm -hmm. know. It just sits on your on your counter. It's probably already ground. Yes. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to sound like a real coffee snob for a minute. <laughs> or you can order and get it roasted to order. So you know when you place your order, it is getting roasted on your behalf and then shipped out. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of olive oil mm -hmm. being pressed every season. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is from this year's crop or yeah. maybe last year's crop being bottled and shipped directly to you right. versus mm -hmm. some of the larger manufacturers who might be pressing their oils and then they're like, "Hey, we've got, you know, this massive amount will sell this crop for three years or, or et cetera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, curious what your guys's average timeline is. Like, are you selling every single year's crop? Are you, is that, is that selling season a little bit expanded? How does that work when you buy um, olive oil from you guys? What we are doing is basically um, we are trying to basically sell everything that we got mm -hmm. for the, for the season. But if there is any leftover, what we are doing after the basically best uh, best consume before before consuming time by mm -hmm. the no desperation because again there's no aspiration mm -hmm. so after or passing that what we are doing is like okay if there is something left over you we can reduce the price for those uh, mm -hmm. those bottles that they are from the previous harvest and to keep the same price for the the new harvest oh wow yeah that's amazing so you're actually telling consumers hey you're gonna get the peak um, product and mm -hmm. you're going to pay market costs for that. And then the moment that this is now, it's not, it's not bad olive oil. It's just a little, maybe a year or two older. Mm -hmm. um, you're actually reducing that price. And is right. that, is that common in the olive oil industry or are you guys unique in that way? Uh, some people are doing that, but not, but not, not, a lot. Very, not very often. Not a lot. No, not a lot. You cannot find a very, really, and beside that, in our yeah. in our labels, you can see when it was harvested. Right. Oh wow. So most of the yeah. olive oils, they they don't tell you anything. So how you can can calculate the when is the best right. timing to consume it? It's right. impossible. Yeah. You don't know it. You don't have no idea. So we put that with this harvest, and and it was bottled, the lot and everything. You, you got everything, so you can. Decide for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. How long from harvesting, like picking the olives off the trees to into the bottle? Like, how long does that process take? That's a very good question. That's a very, very good question. Because, firstly, you have to make sure that the first day that you get the olive from the tree, are gonna go to the to the facility right away mm -hmm. to to press them. That's why it has to be in the ripen exact point. To get them from the tree and make it olive oil in the factory. Then, as I say, during the whole process, the olive oil doesn't see the light. There's some pipes bring into the the containers, special containers. They don't see the light. Mm -hmm. But then you have to make analysis. So that's why I say that's very important mm -hmm. to get the origin. In Spain, there is also a very very important fact. People doesn't know, but Spain is the largest right. producer of olive oil in the world. With wow. almost 50% of the olive oil is from Spain. 50%. Wow. 
almost 50 percent. So the regulation, the sanitary <laughs> regulation in Spain is super strict, like absolutely strict. Yeah. All the traceability, everything, every single batch has to be analyzed because it's not like I say, well, this is extra virginally foil. No, it has to be <coughs> like an organoleptic analyze, laboratory analyze to make you certify that what you are going to commercialize is extra virginally foil. Mm. So what, 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 def what like defines extra virgin olive oil from just olive oil? Again, sorry. What what is the difference between extra virgin olive oil and just olive oil? Mm -hmm. That's that's also pretty good. <laughs> Remember the when we were talking about that. Uh, this is the first press, the the mm -hmm. first cold mm -hmm. press, mm -hmm. and then you pass it to another factory. Mm -hmm. And this factory is doing temperature, and this factory pass it to another facility. Yeah. So then the acidity of the olive oil is getting higher. Mm -hmm. Getting higher, higher, higher. So as soon as the 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 the, the acidity overpasses the eight point zero percent, so you cannot consider extra virgin olive oil. Is this one one of the points? Because not only the acidity is controlling the the the, the extra virgin olive oil. Again, there are some organoleptic anal analyze and the fresh and the, uh, everything. So it's not only about that, but it's one of the indicators, the acidity. Yeah. So so Got then so those facilities they are like a getting the last drop sometimes using like very high chemical stuff that they remove it after that but as soon as you use it it's not like a it's harmful let's say the normal olive oil without extra virgin is harmful for your health no you can you can still eat it because they are evaporating the chemicals but again you are using temperature chemical and you are destroying the benefits Mm, makes sense. Interesting. So extra virgin has a lot to do with acidity. I'm guessing there's some other qualifications in there. It sounds like there's almost like a sommelier for right. olive oil that comes okay. in and will right. test it. Yeah. You were saying you were saying that as soon as you get the reason why that 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 time question was was a little bit more complex than well three hours, right? It was because well someone has to come out and analyze it and give it a stamp of approval and say hey this checks right. out as extra virgin olive oil both in flavor and in freshness and in maybe right. aroma and acidity levels and all that and, so and there is, there are olive oil sommeliers actually so it's just, oh, it's really? very similar to wine mm -hmm. yeah it's very similar to wine in that and there are olive oil tastings there's special like cups that you use to taste olive oil and how you're supposed to taste it you're supposed to you know warm it in your hands smell the aroma um and taste it as well so there there's yes there are actually olive oil sommeliers that yeah. sounds awesome mm -hmm. i want to go to an olive oil tasting <laughs> that would be so fun that sounds so fun so we do a lot of sourdough bread. We do, and a lot of the folks in this community bake a lot of sourdough bread. And so I'm sure a lot of them are already thinking what I'm thinking, which is like, I can't wait to go and buy some of y'all's uh, olive oil so I can try it with some we'll bread. Mm -hmm. and so just from like a from like a um, application point of view, we kind of we kind of talked about some of that. But tell me about some of the different varieties of olive oils that you have, and some of your favorite applications of those. Oof. Applications like a since I'm from Spain, I, my family was producing olive oil always. Basically, I grew up using olive oil for absolutely everything. Everything. Mm. So I cook with olive oil. I don't use any other kind of oil mm -hmm. for everything. Absolutely everything. So, uh, but also my mother, what is she doing every every single morning? She's taking a shot of of our olive oil, mm. and you know, 
I'm doing some time. My son is taking also raw olive oil in the morning. Or my mother, sometimes when, when she's serving the olive oil, she get a couple of drops in the hand. She's putting like a, like a moisturizing yeah. her skin. Like a, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So we are using for everything, absolutely everything. There's, there's, there's no way that I can see. And I love cooking. Yeah. Think about it. It's very easy. You wake up in the morning. You are not feeling like to cook anything. And you get a, you know some cherry tomatoes, cut it in half, drizzle in some olive oil, put some salt. And that's a perfect meal there. So mm-hmm. you have the, mm-hmm. the tomatoes, you have the olive oil, a little bit of salt. That's a boost of vitamins there and, and nutrients that are, you don't need yeah. anything else. Yeah. Simple, fast. So I don't have time, but you don't have time, but you have you just think about it, yeah. how, how you can do it. Or just get a piece of a piece of uh, bread, toasted or not toasted. My son loves it without toasted. So yeah. some olive oil <laughs> every single morning when we bring him to school. Every morning. He has his... <laughs> Small Tupperware, where yes. he's getting his fresh olive oil, bread fresh bread and olive oil. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. Can't go to school without it. <laughs> it, it absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So there are plenty of application, and, yep. and you can cook everything with that. Yeah. So, and you can cook all types of food as well, right? So my family were originally from Jamaica, right? And so the cuisine for us is different from the cuisine in Spain. And we'll use it to make anything, anything, any dish that we traditionally make. We'll make it, you know, we make curry mm. shrimp, we'll make it with olive oil. You can make it, you can use it for anything. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know, and Tiffany, I'd love your perspective too, because I feel like you have a, a, a view of both worlds. But like when you're talking to people in the States about high quality olive oil, where are the barriers up? Like where are we missing the mark? And is it hard to communicate the importance and the beauty of this high quality olive oil because I feel like we don't have a lot of opportunity in the United States to experience really amazing robust olive oil we've we've diluted everything yeah we've, we've jumped to the canola bandwagon right so <laughs> what are those conversations like when you're or what have you seen in the differences in the culinary atmosphere of both the states and also in Spain? Um, what does that look like? So I think that um, just here in the States, you have kind of two sets of people, right? You have people who know about olive oil. You don't have to say anything to them. They already know. And mm-hmm. then you have people like you described where they're just, where they're like, I don't understand. Like, why, why, why is this really important? Right. Or I can buy like my $5 jug from olive oil. What's the <laughs> difference between that? Right. And this, and then, and then it's kind of just talking through them and understand because in the States, everything is so quick and ready, right. Quick and ready, fast. So we can go, we can go, we can go. And then understanding that it's impossible to have things that are quick and ready and fast and really be have high quality and usually really be healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what you put on the label, it's, it's almost impossible to have something that's quick and, and, and fast and actually healthy, right? Mm. Um, and so just explaining that to people and then also making them understand, of course, about the nutrient factors behind it, but then just giving them a chance to, to taste it for themselves, right? Because because no matter what you know or don't know about food, your palate doesn't lie to you, right? Your palate knows when something is rancid, and I'm not saying that things are rancid, but you just know, okay, this is not really good. Oh, this tastes really mm. good. So you know, like your senses already know, right? Um, and so just giving people the opportunity to taste it when we like are out in the community and go to markets and so forth like that, usually it just speaks for itself. Um, mm. So that's what I find. I think when I'm, when I'm in Spain... Um, I mean, that's, that's their thing, right? <laughs> so it's like from, from the time they're like, like this, <laughs> they know about olive oil. You can, even, you can get, get a sour of olive oil. Right. For us, it's just like a, 
Right. And he's, so he's not wearing jeans. Already. Right. And then, <laughs> and then, so, and then also that understanding of things that um, are of quality take time. Right. And then mm-hmm. understanding that you have to wait, that you have to be patient and that it's, so that, that is already there and that's already understood. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I think that's a little bit of the difference. Yeah. I think that's, you summarize that so well. So coming from the, and, and, and being on the, absolutely on the craft, you know, specialty single origin, olive oil bandwagon I, i'm so in it's crazy and i and i was in the culinary world prior to to you know in, in an earlier life and just watching the way that oils get used and there's there's two i would call the two real kind of primary extremes you've got the kind of fast ordered food like tiffany was talking about where you've got oils or fats are being of, of some kind are being used as a as just like a cooking lubricant. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so you're making omelets, you're making eggs, you're making you know f- uh, fried foods, you're making so whatever's the cheapest and the highest performing. So you're looking for a super high smoke point, which mm-hmm. canola oil has a super high smoke point, mm-hmm. and you're looking for cheap. It just mm-hmm. so happens canola oil is very cheap. Mm-hmm. So whatever will work the best in that way, uh, people are going for it, right. So I, I remember at some restaurants that I worked at, they had uh, something called a liquid butter alternative. It's called LBA. Yikers. And I have no idea what was in it, if I'm honest, but it was used for absolutely everything. Now, there's other restaurants that I've worked in that are, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're that high quality, low, like you're going to spend three hours at dinner. Mm-hmm. And when they had olive oils, even the color of it was completely different. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not just like a yellow. Sometimes mm-hmm. it could be like a green. It was like, mm-hmm. it was a totally different color. And oftentimes they were saving olive oils that if you dared touch that for, you know, some application, you were wasting money and the chef would be up your, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, it was not, uh, it was not cool. That was a, a finishing product, not only just garnish, but like a finishing flavor for a meal. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it added to, it was almost like a hot meal that you would add some of this olive oil to that would, it would create aroma and, and, and add, it would add to the food. And you see that a lot in kind of more elevated high level cooking. So I think that those are the two things that I see in in America. You're seeing like that side of, and I think Tiffany definitely said this as well, but I'm just, I was just so interested in the question myself where it was like, people don't, there's gonna be people that don't understand because they're not used to, that, that's just, they don't, they don't, they're, not, they're not there. And the, the way I'd position it to them is I would say, man, wouldn't it be awesome if you had ingredients in your house that were all nourishing, like Jorge was talking about. Mm-hmm. So when you wake up for breakfast, it's man, I can I can take some of the sourdough bread that I've baked, right? And I can take some of this olive. I can take some of these. They're in season, maybe cherry tomatoes, or I've got, you know, maybe maybe it's uh, some some great cheese, or right. And I, and I'm just gonna make a quick snack, and knowing that I'm getting some awesome nourishment out of it, uh, because I've invested some time and effort and money into finding the right stuff. Yeah. And then you've got the people that are the you know the experience seekers, right? And they've got it for like that special occasion, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna have the the really fancy olive for a special occasion. I think those are the two boats that I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the two boats that I see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I also think it's so funny that you said um, in terms of seasons, right? So I used to live. I actually used to live in New Zealand, and I remember. And so you know, I think I'm I'm health conscious. Like I understand food and and like um and all of that. And I remember going to the supermarket, and I think I think it was like winter time or something like that there. And I had wanted something, I don't remember. And they were like, oh, no, 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 it's not, that's not available. It's not in season. And I thought to myself, oh, wow. I was like, I've never heard of that living in the States, right? Like no matter what grocery store you go to, whatever level of grocery store that you go to, high level, of, 
to have somebody say like, it's not in season, how could we possibly get that? Right. Um, was just eye opening, right? Because mm-hmm. it's true. It's like you, you, it's, it's impossible for you to have something all of the time, all year round, right? And think that it's the same quality as if you went and picked it and harvested whatever it was in season. It's impossible. It, it's, it's, it's impossible. And by, <laughs> by the way, we didn't mention, but we harvest only one time per right. year. It's the mm-hmm. only one time. Yeah. So it's not like a, perhaps other seeds that you can, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know exactly how they, how they do it with the seeds. But uh, it's just a one time, one time per per year. That you can when have. is that? When is harvest time for you guys? Between depending on the variety, starts at the beginning of uh, December, okay. ends oh. around around this time, beginning yeah. of, of February. Okay. Some of so the varieties right are early yeah. early birds that they consider early birds, perhaps end of November. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's why we were we were that's part of the reason why we were there as well. It's it's great that it also lines up around the holiday time. Yes. You can see family, but yeah. <laughs> we were also out out in in the working hard road. with yeah. that. Yeah. What's the um this is gonna sound really dumb. What's the climate in that time? Like, cause we're in winter. Are you guys all is it also cold? How yeah. is okay, it's also cold. It's yeah, cold. it's cold. Especially the location where the roads are located. Uh, it's like a it's in a mountain. So sometimes it can be very, very, very cold. Like it can be very, very cold. So you can go there and you feel like it's not, it's not that easy or it's not that uh, playful or uh, grateful <laughs> to be like a. Mm-hmm. It's not relaxing. Yeah, it's not. Depends on depend on the depending on the day. If it's cold, it can be really cold. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me about the business operations, right? So you guys are running this business together. Mm-hmm. And you guys started about a year and a half ago. How, how are how does that go? You guys enjoy that together? Is it is it uh, you know super fun? What 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 does a typical work day look like? Give, give me all the details. I would say it's fun. What's he say? I would say I would say it's fun. I would say though that we are both. It's really good because we both have our own particular strengths, right? Mm. And so then that's what really works really well because. There are things like Jorge is a lot more creative than I am. That is for certain. And so if there's something creative, like I'm like, okay, that looks pretty good. <laughs> you know, because I'm not, I'm just not a creative person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then the same thing, I actually do like a lot of kind of administrative, like task oriented, like that's me, you know, and he does not like that. And so, and so it's like, <laughs> so it kind of works um, kind of because of that, I think. I think it makes it easy. Her. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Who so, is who is the bigger cook in your household? That's easy. <laughs> that would or they raised his hand. That's for those yeah, That's definitely. I can cook any kind of food. Can. Any, any kind of food. Any kind of food. Chinese, Thailand, uh, Spanish, Italian, yes, doesn't matter. I can cook anything. When we first met, anything. funny enough, he was like, oh, you have to try my burgers. And I was just like, hmm. Right? I was like, that'll be interesting. Because <laughs> right? like, yeah. you think burgers, you think America. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. Blah. And I will never be, I tried it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is delicious. Like even now, like my, fa- I remember the first time he made it, it's like, oh, for my family, like, oh yeah, I'm going to make some burgers. And he's like, they're like, okay. And ev- every From a Spain burger. Yeah, so. from Spain. <laughs> Loved it. Everybody. So he, he's an excellent cook. Ooh, what is your, I have to know now, what's your secret for the burger? Are you, what kind of meat are you using? Are you throwing olive oil on that thing? Are you toasting the bun? Like what's your, what's your strategy? Definitely, I toasted the bands. That's something yes. I, I do for sure. Yeah, and um, I'm getting my blame. What, what I like is like to do it like fresh, like to yep. choose a piece of meat that they can 
basically um, grind grind it and to choose the, the amount of fats and the, and the amount of lean that I want. Mm. That's, that's pretty important. And then I use olive oil. I use olive oil mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I'm not putting a lot of spices yeah. there that the people are, but it's so yeah. tasty. How can they yeah. be? <laughs> or sometimes I put like um, a caramelized onion that I pre, mm-hmm. pre-cook yeah. with olive oil. That's olive oil and, caram- and, and onions. That's yeah. it. You caramelize mm-hmm. them and then you put like a nice manchego cheese on top of the burger to melt it and a little bit of the uh, the caramelized onion, and that's yeah. that's a winner. Yeah. My niece, one time, she said, she's like, Uncle, what do you use to season this, right? She's like, what seasons are you putting in there? Uh, and she was like, she's like, salt and pepper. And salt she's and like, pepper. that's not true. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. true. Well, that's something, too, I think is such a, not to kind of like pick on the American cuisine, but like we're so used to pulling up recipes of a casserole or a dinner or chilliness, like tons of spices, Mm -hmm. not even really fresh herbs, maybe a bunch of dried herbs. Maybe it's a, you know, a pre-mixed taco seasoning. Like even like, quote, making your own taco seasoning is like, I'm home, I'm scratch cooking. And it's like, really? We have, we have been so divorced from this like simple food doesn't need a lot of fuss. It just Mm -hmm. needs really high quality salt fat for flavor and then like let the food shine make yeah. it fresh yep that's exactly what it is because yeah. if yeah. you are putting so much spices you are covering the flavors so right. what's the yeah. purpose to get a nice piece of meat or nice fish if you are covering all the flavor the meat has its own flavor the fish the same thing yeah. if you don't like mm-hmm. fish then you try to put a lot of stuff and i think that a half of a good chef or half of a good cook is just like a, to choose the right ingredients yeah to choose the right the right material, then mm-hmm. half of it is done. Mm-hmm. You have to be so bad to screw it up, <laughs> like to get a nice piece of meat and, and to destroy it. I mean, it's, it's easy, but uh, if you have a little bit of knowledge, you, you yeah. can do it very well. I love that. Any, any other questions? I love this. Tiffany and Hora, I'm curious, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would love to talk about before we you know, head out today? Um, I will say that the people should, should lose the the, 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 the fear of, of cooking with olive oil. Yeah. Mm. Even if, even if by my point of view, that's, I don't want to say something, by my point of view, it's better to get a olive oil from the supermarket, whatever it is, than to use seeds oils. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, just cook with olive oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's better. Always going to be better to cook with olive oil. And if you have a little bit more budget, then go for for really good olive oil that's going to bring you the fresh, the freshener, everything. It's going to be all the nutritional stuff is going to be there. Mm-hmm. So if you have more budget. But if you don't have budget, it doesn't mean that you cannot access to olive oil. It's not going to be as good as if you go for it. It's like, you know, but at least mm-hmm. you don't go for seeds olive oil. Mm-hmm. Seeds oh, yeah. oil. Mm-hmm. Seeds oil, sorry. Yeah, one of the things I have recently been trying to tune how I communicate to our community is like be okay with um, saving up for the high quality when it matters and be okay with having different tiers in your kitchen. So for example, if someone wants to be really budget friendly, I love what you just said, Jorge, about, hey, don't try to just buy the vegetable oil off the shelf honestly go for an olive oil that you think is like within your budget but Mm -hmm. then also 
if you want to have kind of both the best of both worlds, have that really fine crafted single origin olive oil on hand and save that for maybe your finishing of your dishes, using straight with bread, um, feeding it to your kids, taking a shot of it in the morning, rubbing it on your hands and your face, whatever, and then kind of use those two in sync. It's, it doesn't have to be this weird all or nothing. And it's like, you know, there's times where Mm. the flour I want to buy is like artisan flour, freshly milled. And I can't always afford that every month. So sometimes I go without, sometimes I use a different application. Sometimes I make pizza because I know that I can use a quote lower quality flour because it doesn't it doesn't need as much rise and much um, tapping it with flavor anyways right it's a pizza Mm -hmm. so you really pull your levers in your kitchen and know that there's probably room for you to have a really nice bottle of olive oil even if it's just in a certain season of your of your year right yeah and so you can benefit from those like incredible properties of the olive oil while still also cooking with olive oil you can find at your grocery store and don't be discouraged because that's mm. that's the world we live in. Yeah. So I love that you can kind of hold both of those at the same and just having the education of, okay, this is a higher quality product. This is how I'm going to apply it. This is how mm. I'm going to use it in this to get the most bang for my buck. Yep. It reminds me of like when we talked about should I use my raw dairy to make yogurt if I'm going to heat it yeah. anyways? Mm-hmm. Or like, should I spring for the raw cheese? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's ways you can benefit from the higher tiered food items and still fit within your budget. It is funny how somehow we got, we, we, we had, I love how you said that. There's almost like this this underlying fear of using olive oil on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like yes. cooking. Well, it's been perpetuated online by 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 many folks so there's like this definitely never cook with this it will i think their fear is that it will oxidize or or become rancid or um basically become denatured which we would say is true of those seed oils right but honestly that denaturing that oxidation happens in the processing and the extraction of those oils anyways that thing's already denatured in the bottle before it hits your pan correct (laughs) so like that's the concern but olive oil has, I call it a fruit oil. I like to distinguish it. I like to say right. fruit fruit oils can be olive oil, coconut oil, and avocado oil because those are all fruits. Mm-hmm. And so those are in a different category. Mm. And I, I love that Jorge was like, hey, listen, just you want to make a, a small step in your health game, switch to cooking with olive oil. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. all pan frying or shallot, like yeah. sauteing. Who's really deep frying anymore? And if yeah. you are, use coconut oil or lard or something like that. And that's a great yeah. alternative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Very true. Cool. Anything right else? That's it. Tiffany and Jorge, thank you guys so much. Where can people find you? And more importantly, where can people find this olive oil? Mm-hmm. Sure. So we, um, on our website, it's flordelajara.com. So you can find our, our, our olive oil there. Um, and if you happen to be in in the New York City area, um, you can follow us on Instagram. And we often post where we're going to be because we are around in like upcoming markets. Our Instagram is at Flor de la Jara underscore olive oil. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you, we're going to put this in the show notes, but can you spell Flor de la Jara for those who are like, oh, I'm going to go type this on my computer? Sure. It's F-L-O-R. That's floor. De, D-E, and then La, L-A, and then Hara, J-A-R-A. Okay, beautiful. 
Yeah. Amazing. I, I just knew people were like, I love that gorgeous sounding name, but how do I spell that? <laughs> I want to give them all the tools that they need. No, excuse, no excuses. No excuses. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, right. Tiffany and Jorge, um, I look forward because we will definitely be buying some olive oil from mm-hmm, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to trying that and also enjoyed the conversation so much. Thank you guys so much for coming with us. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Journey. We so much. thoroughly Thank enjoyed ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much. Right. Thank time. you. Bye. Tiffany and Jorge have left the virtual chat, and I'm starving. Don't mind me. I'm literally adding their olive oil to a cart as we speak. I'm, I'm so hungry. Joking. So if, if you enjoyed this episode, first and foremost, go check them out. Get some olive oil. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, even just for the experience of trying something that is this – I don't know, next level in the kitchen to me is just exciting. So if you, if you resonate with that, go get some and we'd love to hear what y'all think and go tag them, share, share with them, you know, show them some love, love that. I love learning about olive oil myself, more about how it is kind of grown and produced. Olive oil trees like grow for like hundreds of years, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. I love it. It's just another area where I feel like education always provides you the freedom to work within your budget. Mm. So now you know, hey, it's not an all or nothing. It's not I have to buy the most expensive olive oil all the time or Mm. I cook with canola oil. There's a beautiful balance. And if you if your budget does allow and food is a piece of your life where you're like, hey, I this is fun for me. Mm. This is not only my grocery budget, but my entertainment budget. You know, I feel like that's how we view our food sometimes. Mm It's like, hey, I'm gonna spring for the really beautiful bottle this for this occasion, this mm. season, this this gift for someone, whatever. We do the same thing with coffee. You could do the same thing with wine. All of these kind of areas where people, it's a long history of just cultural tradition, and you can tap into that. I love that. Right on. Hey, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know what I'm gonna say. But if you haven't, you should check us out. We've got some stuff for sale as well. We've got a store called hazelmeyergoods.com shoptheh.com where we sell things like soap coffee if in case you didn't hear us talking about we are kind of coffee crazy it is that roasted to order coffee yeah we 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 have a problem with coffee we love it so much and so we sourced it and partnered up with some amazing roasters that are local that work with these awesome farms in different countries to bring you the absolute best coffee you can find. Mm-hmm. So definitely check us out on shoptheh.com for your coffee, your tea, your dish soap, body soap, these sorts of things. We've got all that on there. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do that. I'm at Joey Hazelmeyer Elizabeth or Liz is at Liz Hazelmeyer. We have homegrown education, homegrown underscore education. Mm, don't forget that underscore. We've also got curriculum for you and for your kids to get in the game, the real food game, that is at homegrowneducation.com. Everything from recipeguys.org. I am just slipping today. <laughs> See, you just need to like. <laughs> it's all in the show notes, friends. Jump on there. Find yourself some curriculum for your kids, coloring books, those sorts of things to make sure that, man, you're putting the right inputs in to get your kids started off on a way of understanding food that I feel like our, my generation and those before it just missed out on. Mm-hmm. That's our mission to kind of put an end to that. So. Till next time, friends, that is a wrap.